What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the TM Podcast. I'm your host, Chuck. And today I'm going to continue on with my series on uh, Black History Month. Uh, Today, I'd like to talk about uh, the 2019 Oscar nominee for Best Picture, Black Panther. And I want to discuss basically uh, why I think it's a worthy contender uh, and just kind of talk about the Oscars in general. Uh, The reason why I'm making this part of the Black History uh, series is because Black Panther was a monument in black history when it came out it was a black directed uh starring uh directed by african-american director starring mostly african-american cast um on a budget on a scale that uh is rarely afforded to any african-american staffed and led productions in hollywood which kind of ties into the whole larger discussion about what the Oscars are uh, in 2019. So that's going to be the focus of this episode. Uh, a little behind the scenes. I was trying to do more episodes this month, but just got kind of wrapped around the axle with personal stuff. We've been uh, moving and trying to get all new furniture and everything like that. So, um, and plus I just started my new job. So it's kind of difficult to to get podcasts out as quickly as I would like them, but hopefully that's something that's going to improve as we get set up. Um, but yeah, thanks everybody for listening. Remember you can hit me up on Twitter at oddcast TMP. That's O D C A S T T M P. And I hope you guys enjoy this episode. So in 2015, 2016, uh, when the Oscars released their list of nominees, there was a bit of a backlash in the form of a movement, uh, hashtag Oscars so white. And they've made a, the Academy's made a concerted effort, I guess, to recognize more, uh, more art done by people of color for people of color because Basically, when they ran the numbers, the majority of the people that were voting on what movies got what award, all were, it was pretty homogenous. It was mostly uh, older, established Hollywood uh, white people that had been given this opportunity because of who they were in the movie industry. But uh, it's no secret that in America, uh, especially in America. Well, the uh, majority of movies are produced um, for mass appeal, which kind of in marketing speak, that means your your general group of white people, um, because that is what is the mainstream and anything outside of that is kind of seen as a specialty. So if you have a movie with all black people, usually that's catered to a black audience. Uh, if you have a movie with all Asian people, that's catered to an Asian audience. And uh, those are kind of sidelined. They're not given the kind of resources that other movies uh, get as far as budgets and everything like that. And I mean, that's, that's just common sense if you watch the movies. Um, it may have been blown out of proportion, um, depending on whatever your stance on whatever the Oscar so white controversy was. 
but as it stands right now, um, they've made a lot of efforts to recognize more and more uh, people of color led movies. Um, so that's a good thing that, that came out of that protest, I guess, uh, depending on what the Oscars mean to you. I am of the belief that the Oscars is for the people that it's for. Um, since black movies traditionally have not been recognized by the Oscars, uh, it's not something that I really look forward to as far as uh, whether or not I'm going to watch a movie or, you know, whatever praise uh, a movie gets or deserves because traditionally I already knew like the kind of movies that speak to me aren't going to be recognized by that organization. And usually when they do pick a black movie or something like that, it's always something silly that's got to do with how black people overcame racism in America and, and all this other stuff, or it's like a slave movie or something like that. And that's really not my thing. I feel like if we're going to talk about black people, um, especially nowadays in 2019, uh, <laughs> post Obama, uh, we need to focus on greatness. We don't need to continually um, be weighed down by, you know, all the, the racism and the slavery and all these things. Just because it's, it's kind of embracing a trauma in a certain way where you can't really get past it if you don't realize that outside of slavery and outside of uh, racism and things like that, people of color have contributed greatly to this country. And it's a little marginalizing to say, you know, to give the racists and people that practice prejudice that much uh, real estate in, in our uh, legacy. So that's just my stance on it as, as a black person. But I mean, it's not to say that it wasn't a real problem when it comes to the Oscars, just seeing the weight that it holds when it comes to the movie industry. I mean, every advertisement you see for a new movie, it says, you know, starring Oscar award winner or Oscar nominee or best picture director and all this other stuff. And it's like a prefix that kind of shows your, your resume in the movie industry, which I don't know what that means to everybody else, but a lot of my favorite artists in the film industry never got an Oscar look or anything like that. I just figured it's like an old stuffy organization. <laughs> so uh, I never really cared that much. That could just be me, man. I'm not like really one for award shows in particular. I just like to watch like the musical performances and stuff like that. But as far as who wins what award, who cares in my opinion. Um, I think the people that make movies and stuff like that, they care because they can <clears throat> drive up their their salaries and everything like that. But outside of that, I, I mean, good for you. <laughs> Nobody's like, who's the best plumber or something like that. Just give me a Yelp. I want to know what the people think. Uh, <laughs> put it out on Twitter. Hey, this movie's dope or whatever. That would be awesome. Uh, that's, that's, that's more of how I would pick whether or not I'm going to watch a movie. Not necessarily whether they want an Oscar or something like that. And then the counterpoint to that when we talk about the Oscar so white controversy and everything like that is that there's award shows put on by people of color, especially black people. 
and for it to be a controversy that so-and-so isn't nominated for an Oscar, I'm like, who cares? You have, if you want recognition by a field of your peers, you have the NAACP Image Awards, uh, you have the BET Awards, the Soul Train Awards, uh, Source Award. <laughs> There's all types of award shows for black people um, that are not inclusive at all. I mean, if you really want to talk about it, it's a response to the fact that for so long people weren't acknowledged by whatever the mainstream organizations were. And I mean, I'll say this from 2015 to, to now, at least it's getting better um, in this field for uh, the Oscars. You have Black Panther, Black Klansman, uh, The Green Book, which whatever, <laughs> I'll talk about that separately, but um, you have Bohemian Rhapsody and Roma, A Star is Born, and Vice. So out of those, uh, three of those movies are um, Black-led. I don't know if you would count The Green Book. Um, Mahershala Ali, phenomenal actor. He's in the movie, uh, but based on what I saw in the trailer, the story's not about him. And I, I really wasn't into like a racist redemption story. I don't really care about that too much. Um, if they would have focused on particularly what the Green Book was and how and why it was needed uh, at the time that it was being used, um, I would have been interested in watching that. But as it stands based on the trailers, uh, didn't pique my interest. It was like, hey, do you wanna not feel bad for all the, the racist stuff that happened in the past? Uh, come watch this movie and watch this racist dude become friends with a black guy. Nah, that's not for me, boss. <laughs> I don't really wanna watch that. But say that to say that uh, Black Panther was nominated and that's a first for a superhero movie in particular, which is very interesting. And that's why I think uh, it's, a, it's a pretty good topic um, as far as, you know, what type of movies are being recognized as uh, Oscar worthy. After bashing the Oscars, uh, I'm essentially going to make a case as for why Black Panther deserves uh, a fair look at the Best Picture Award. Um, so I was out of the country when I watched Black Panther for the first time uh, in a movie theater. And I remember I got to see it maybe about a week after it came out. Um, but. I was looking at the response online from all the early viewings and all the people that saw it uh, opening night and everything. And it wouldn't be hyperbole to say that it was a cultural phenomenon, especially for African-American people, because uh, people were showing up to movies in, uh, not in cosplay, but in kente cloth and things like that. It was very, very awesome. People were embracing it, their African roots which um, speaks to a larger story about African-Americans uh, in particular. Um, that I'll save that for a different day because uh, I want to have an objective discussion about uh, the movie in general. Um, but the response to it was, uh, was moving. Um, I actually kind of shed tears watching the little girls in the movie theater and just, uh, I, I, I don't know what's on their mind, but I mean, to be able to watch characters like uh, Black Panther's sister, T'Challa's sister, uh, 
Shuri and uh, Nakia and uh, the Dora Milaje and all of this in the movie being represented in the way that they were represented. Uh, it was uh, just imagine seeing that at such a young age. I mean, that's got to be influential and that's something that traditionally you don't really get to see. Um, and when I watched it, uh, the people that I discussed it with afterwards, naturally, a lot of people were saying, you know, this is amazing, this is a great movie, and then people, <laughs> some people, uh, no black people, surprisingly, uh, were saying that it was overrated and it was hyped up and all this other stuff. Um, so I think, like, culturally, it was a moment uh, in movie history, and you can tell that by the receipts um, made uh, more money than the Avengers movies up to that point. It was the highest grossing Marvel film, uh, one of the highest grossing films of all time. Uh, the first film shown in Saudi Arabia who banned movies. I like to joke that they said they had, uh, that Black Panther was so good that they had to lift their ban on movies. <laughs> um, and it's, it's, as far as being more than a movie, um, it's hard to deny that that was the case, but I don't think that that factor is really into what the Oscars uh, selection criteria is. I think they, they base it on whatever the merits of the movie are. Um, because and I say that because a lot of times it's not the most popular or highest grossing movie of that year that are considered for nominations. It's usually uh, whether or not the movie is well acted, uh, how well it was directed, everything else that goes into to making movies. Because the people that make movies are the people that judge who wins Oscars. So a lot of that inside baseball they're aware of. Um, and they kind of reward the technical achievement. Um, which I think in this case, uh, when it comes to Black Panther, it was a technical achievement uh, by any, any measure. Um, considering the fact that they had the budget and the power of the Disney marketing machine, um, and this is one of the more highly anticipated Marvel movies um, that's that's been released, or it definitely lived up, in my opinion, it definitely lived up to the hype. Um, when we went to go watch Aquaman, when my family and I went to go watch it, we we're discussing it after the fact and is kind of basically my short review on Aquaman is that uh, they spend a lot of time in that movie discussing whatever his origin is and everything like that but Aquaman's been in two other uh, or mentioned in two other DC movies so a lot of the stuff that they could have handled in those other movies they decided to wait until Aquaman actually came out <laughs> and kind of stretched that movie out which made it a little bloated still think it's a good movie um, definitely will watch it again uh, but with Marvel you don't really have that because Marvel when it comes to other characters they kind of set them up in a certain way in prior movies now that we're 20 plus movies in uh, they've kind of planted the seeds for all these other different characters um, for people to get familiar with them through the comic books and everything like that and you don't have to really do the origin story a hundred times like uh, they do with Spider-Man and Batman every time. So that's a, a big plus as far as Black Panther coming out in the Marvel Universe. 
because he was actually introduced in Captain America Civil War. So this character has been somebody that's been in this universe for a long period of time and people are kind of familiar with who he is and what his capabilities are and how he got there. Because the origin of why he's the Black Panther happens in a different movie from Black Panther. It happens in the Civil War. And uh, as good as, as Civil War is, in my opinion, again, as good as that movie is, I think uh, T'Challa, the Black Panther, has one of the better uh, character arcs in that movie. Because he starts off, you know, he doesn't trust the outside world. Um, but because the school or the, the, the trip that the Wakandans went on uh, was in the middle of that Avengers fight uh, with uh, the Hulk and Iron Man and the Hulk Buster. Um, because that happened when there were Wakandans there, the Wakandans showed up to the UN. They took advantage of that to attack uh, the UN building in which uh, T'Challa's father died. And then T'Challa takes on the mantle of the Black Panther. All that happens outside of the movie. So when the movie starts, you already know who this character is if you've watched all these movies, which I think by now Marvel kind of makes the assumption that you've watched every single Marvel movie. Um, but he's already set up, he's established, all that happens prior to this movie rolling. Um, and you're already aware of what, what he can do uh, as this movie starts. So it starts off and it's a clear arc. It's your the story of a leader and when he newly takes the mantle and his journey up to uh, what the conclusion of the movie is. Um, and in this movie, it's kind of the story of Wakanda because it, none of it, I believe, takes place in America. Um, and there's a brief part that takes place in South Korea. Uh, but other than that, for the most part, it's in uh, it's in America or in Wakanda for most of the entire movie, as far as the as far as Black Panther is concerned. So um, so in this movie, uh, take that part. Of it. So one of the things that personally uh, meant a lot to me when I was watching Black Panther is that it's a story with black people, uh, with Africans, the characters are African, but it wasn't only for black people. Um, it had a pretty wide, uh, wide kind of uh, demographic because it was comic book fans. Uh, number one, people that have been invested in the Marvel series, uh, Cinematic Universe series. And the story was universal. I mean, it's the same story that has been seen uh, countless times, or the same story that's been told countless times. You have a person who is new to being the leader of a country. And one of the things that they have to face is uh, just international threats, um, people trying to take resources from the country. And then on top of that, you have a prodigal son 
sort of with a claim to the throne and that's historically i mean that's just a story that's been told over and over and over in different ways uh, from various different perspectives so one of the things i liked about black panther is that it didn't have to be black people um the element of it that was uh i guess touching for everybody was the fact that this was a african country an african leader who had to come to terms with what had happened in the past because Wakanda had never been colonized uh, like much of Africa there were never any slaves from Wakanda that were taken from Wakanda so everybody that left Wakanda did so on their own accord uh, as far as we know in the story um, and uh, Njobu who is King T'Chaka's brother uh, went to America and he was going there there's a lot of different behind the scenes whatever the motivation was for him going there but he went there uh in the beginning of the movie you actually do see him in america uh in oakland and he's planning to apparently the behind the scenes part of it is that he was planning to uh break his wife out of uh prison because she had been arrested in oakland around this time there's uh that speaks a little bit on like the relationship between African Americans and law enforcement because she, she was locked up for whatever reason we assume it's like a revolutionary reason or something like that so he's planning to break her out of the facility when uh, T'Chaka shows up and he asks him why he took out some vibranium which is their natural resource why he took that out for uh for whatever reason and he was doing it to try to help the black people that were in america because of that that issue but i mean honestly if you if that wasn't the case um like if it was a different race you could apply that to any struggle that any number of people uh white people included people of color included um you could apply that to any context so I thought it was important that the story did focus on black issues, but that it wasn't something that only had to do with black people. So that, that way it could be relatable to everybody. It wasn't to beat you over the head with, oh, you know, black people have been mistreated for so long, blah, 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 blah. The longer story of that, the, the greater story of that is if you had the ability to help other people, um, would you risk, would you take on that risk? which is a very real risk for them because they were behind the scenes a very wealthy nation and they knew that it was smarter for them to hide that than to uh, flaunt it, I guess, because if, if they said, hey, we have this resource that's very valuable, uh, people are going to come and try to take it, which is the mindset, the prior foreign, <laughs> foreign policy that Wakanda had. Um, so, and you saw that it was a threat in the movie because... Uh, most of the world didn't know that vibranium came from there and the few people that did know uh, it they wanted more of it to include Howard Stark uh, and then uh, Ulysses Claw in the movie um, but I say that to say that when you're talking about Oscars or whatever the, the achievement of the movie is that's a story that's universal so it doesn't only apply to black people which is kind of rare for a black movie to be nominated that doesn't focus on uh, racism and things like that it kind of focused on a grander story um, if we have this technologically advanced society and we're hiding it from everybody 
does the rest of the world deserve to get in on this? And then what challenges are we going to face as a people? Um, so I, I thought that story, the way it was presented, uh, the way it was written, uh, was a very good story. And it's the story of the Black Panther uh, in the story of Wakanda in Marvel since the 60s. That's <laughs> that's their deal. That's the case. Um, but the way it was presented in this movie it was really good and something that you really haven't seen in the Marvel Universe. Um, so outside of that, uh, the story, the visualization, a lot of people were astounded by how Wakanda looked when we actually go there in the movie versus a lot of us were just like the rest of the world. Like we had seen that one part of it at the end of, uh, at the end of Civil War, I believe when they have Bucky, um, and they're working on them. Uh, we saw one part of Wakanda at that time, uh, but we had no idea what the actual city, um, state, nation had, would look like when presented on film. And they did a phenomenal job showing a place that was realistic, uh, rooted in different African cultures. If you guys watch the, the behind the scenes stuff on it, you'll, you'll see like where they took inspiration from different African nations and things like that and put them all into how they designed the main city of Wakanda that we see. Um, looking at that and then the special effects in the actual movie, um, everything made sense. Uh, there was nothing that, this wasn't like a sci-fi type movie. This was something that if you had access to this resource, which was uh, valuable and had these various effects, uh, this is what your society would look like. Um, basically, it, it was realistic for it to be so fantastical. Um, and then the politics of it made it all make even more sense after that. So <clears throat> the way that the production design was done, um, you usually won't see that in a lot of these Oscar nominated movies <laughs> because they're not typically sci-fi, comic book, superhero movies won't get looked at in that regard they'll be seen kind of as oh this is something for kids which the movie kids enjoy it my son loves black panther um but the geopolitical narrative undertones that go to that um it was very very different very mature um for for that movie so i think it worked on different layers in that way so for the audience of all the marvel fans and everything like that and the young kids who enjoy these series of movies they would walk away feeling 100 percent fulfilled this is a great movie uh and then for the people that want to step back and kind of say how does this play into this larger story that's being told uh you get to see that as well so in that regard um i think that's definitely oscar worthy when you come to how are we telling stories, uh, this mythology that we're creating, um, and what, you know, the purpose of film filmmaking is. Uh, so say that uh, watching the movie is, is an incredible experience, even with the sound down, you know, um, just visually very stunning. And it's not I, like there's a lot of action in it, but there's not anything I think in there that's like, fantastical or they saved all that stuff for infinity war when, when it comes to wakanda there's a big battle at the end but that's more political struggle than anything else um but you have the fights 
the challenge fights for the throne. Those are very well done, uh, very well acted, very well motivated as well. Um, my guy, Winston Duke, uh, as M'Baku, probably my favorite uh, character in that movie because his, in a lot of ways, he represents uh, what people feel like they like you shouldn't move into the future. You shouldn't embrace this technology because you know, all of these things may happen. Like you're kind of endangering yourself, but we have to stick to what our traditional uh, way of life is and don't let this thing that we've discovered turn us into something that, that we weren't or something that we're not. Which, uh, with that being his motivation and then him being the one to finally step down from the mountain and say, I'm going to challenge uh, the T'Challa's bloodline and I'm going to take control of Wakanda because he is moving us in a direction that we don't want to go and I think in a parallel to real life <laughs> there are there's definitely people that feel like we have our traditions we have our way of life and you guys have gone so far in a different direction that we need to do something drastic. I think there's a very real parallel to M'Baku's line of line of thought. Uh, but the difference is he has a redemption at the end, whereas we may not see that in real in real life. Definitely not in two and a half hours. Um, but uh, as far as the characters and everything in that movie, I mean, you have everybody is well laid out. Like I said, Prior to a lot of the characters have been laid out in earlier movies. Um, well, uh, T'Challa and uh, the Dora Milaje, we understand who they are from earlier movies. Um, but the new characters that they introduced, Shuri, uh, she's confident, smart, uh, genius level intellect, um, smarter than Bruce Banner. <laughs> you see that in uh, Infinity or yeah, in Infinity War. You see that in that movie, she's like, well, why don't you just, whatever, science fiction talk. And he's like, uh, because we didn't think of it. And I remember that him and Tony Stark are supposed to be like the two smartest people in the Marvel Universe at that point. She's like half their age and at least as smart as them. Um, then you have Nakia, who basically is the same as uh, Eric Killmonger. She has the, basically the same in, in goal as Eric Killmonger, which is to open Wakanda up to the rest of the world, um, use their resources to help people that need help. Eric Killmonger, uh, as a villain, a lot of people said he's the best villain uh, in the Marvel Universe. Uh, and I think that's because his motivations. He said, you know, we have the ability to do this, but the only difference is he wanted to do it the way that uh, he had seen the colonizers, basically the, the white people do it, which was to take everything by force. Uh, so he said, you know, we have these weapons, we have this superior technology. We could easily distribute this to people who have been uh, oppressed around the world and they can use that to kill their masters. Um, so that was the approach that he was taking. Um, and I think his motivations were good. He had a legitimate claim to the throne. Uh, so it's hard to say, you know, oh, we can't let this outsider in. He was Wakandan. He was part of that bloodline. 
he had every right to challenge uh, to challenge T'Challa. And he, he kind of lost on the technicality because he didn't kill him. But I mean, he threw him off a mountain. So, you know, what are you supposed to do? Uh, and then uh, towards the end of the movie, you know, he has his... He, he never really redeems himself. He, there's never a redemption in the form of you shouldn't act like this or whatever. He holds his beliefs to, to the end. Um, and he was adamant about carrying out what his what his goals were. And I think the same thing with T'Challa. He's the only one really that changes uh, his mind from the beginning to the end of the movie. Uh, everybody else kind of has like a skeptical approach to, you know, letting outsiders in. And T'Challa is the only one that fully changes and says, hey, you know, we're right. We need to start taking this country in a new direction. Um, but he wouldn't have got there without Nakia and Killmonger. So you have the the iron fist in the velvet glove <laughs> is, you know, what what helped him change his mind uh, as far as what, what the conclusion of the movie is. Um, so the characters, the story, the visual... Uh, representation um everything in that movie i think uh, it was a technical achievement by any states you could have put any group of people in that movie and it would have been uh if you did done correctly it would have been a compelling story to tell just so happens that chadwick boseman uh leticia wright um all the all the characters and everything in that movie acted it so brilliantly and it was directed by Ryan Coogler um, in a way that everything was... It, the movie is just fun to watch. <laughs> it's fun to experience. And for them to talk about all the things uh, socially and politically that were happening in the movie and it not get boring like Phantom Menace did in those instances, uh, you know, that's an achievement in and of itself. Uh, if you're going to nominate a movie as a response to people calling uh, the Oscars so white things like that I think definitely think that this was uh, one of those movies I think that a lot of the superhero movies have been kind of moving away from hero fights bad guy uh, role credits I think a lot of them have kind of delved into what a hero is and kind of um, redefined the the stereotype of hey I'm a superhero I do X and Y to save the back to save the uh, the world or whatever a lot of them are kind of deconstructing that narrative um, so consideration as far as award-winning movies and things like that is a lot of character development that goes into these superhero movies nowadays and I think Black Panther is one of the finer examples of that so I definitely think in the in the whole scale of whatever the Oscars are doing that uh, Black Panther deserves a nod so that's that's my plug anybody in the Academy if you guys are listening if the votes haven't already been cast that is the official TM podcast uh, plug for Black Panther for best picture uh, because it was I mean out of the movies that I've seen that are on that list, um, it was excellent. I don't think you can top the other movies, uh, or you can top this movie with any of the other movies, uh, at least the ones that I watched. Um, 
So that's that's the TM podcast, the official stamp of approval on Black Panther, the movie for the, the 2019 Best Picture Oscar. Uh, <clears throat> hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Um, if you guys disagree, agree. If you think superhero movies shouldn't be part of the conversation, be sure to hit me up on Twitter. Let me know how you guys feel. Uh, if you guys got any kind of uh, improvements or anything that you suggest for the podcast, hit me up. I want to make it something fun for you guys to listen to. And over time, you guys can interact with me. Let me know uh, what I'm doing, how I'm doing, what I could do better. Um, and I just want to say Anchor's been pretty awesome as far as a platform. You could just use your phone. I did go out and buy a mic. Um, I'm considering myself an official podcaster now. So uh, hopefully it sounds better than it did when I was just on my phone. Um, but like I said, hit me up anytime on Twitter at OddcastTMP, O-D-C-A-S-T-T-M-P. Let me know what you guys think. Any suggestions for future episodes? If you guys want to get on, let, hit me up. Let me know. Uh, it is too easy, man. You just download an app, press a button, press a couple buttons, and you and I can be on a podcast together. So as always, man, I hope you guys uh, stay blessed, stay doing well, prosperous, uh, things like that, uh, in these times, in these days, uh, hopefully everybody's future is bright, um, be good to one another, like Bill and Ted said, uh, and I thank you guys again for listening.